Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Manpreet and welcome to the Through the Noise podcast. Now, you're joining us when markets are at a pretty interesting juncture. Uh, you know, after this, what was a strong U.S. employment data, uh, you know, data release, uh, we've seen market expectations shift quite a bit from pricing and rate cuts fairly early in the year to now sort of, uh, you know, trying to delay that. And we can see that, of course, play out in the rise in bond yields and, of course, you know, the more recent jump in the U.S. dollar. Now, key question, of course, is whether this move has further to go. Um, and to help us discuss that, I have today with me my colleague, Audrey, who's head of asset allocation. So, Audrey, uh, quite a lot to discuss. So, so getting straight to the point, uh, the market already appears to be adjusting to a lower chances of Fed rate cut in 2023. And as I mentioned, the yield and the dollar already appear to be moving higher. Do you believe this move has room to extend? Well, Manpreet, markets have been ignoring central banks' hawkish messages for quite a few weeks already. And so finally, some of these messages are starting to sink in. So as a result of that, we have seen consensus expectations for policy rates, uh, not just at the Fed, but also the ECB as well as RBA, uh, moving higher in recent weeks. And markets are in fact quickly shifting towards our expectations where we are. We expect rate cuts by the Fed are not likely you know, early to see that early in the second half of this year. In fact, if we look at the most recent data from the US, we have seen a blown out in terms of US job numbers. Um, service business confidence indicators have also shifted from contraction into expansion territory, which basically points to a still robust US economy driven by service consumption. And this strong set of incoming data perhaps explains why uh, Fed Chair Powell, as well as other policymakers, have been highlighting the need for continuing with monetary policy tightening as well as holding rates restrictive for quite some time to come in order to bring inflation back to 2%. And similarly, in terms of ECB as well, officials have also warned that they are a long way away from pausing rate hikes given a more challenging inflationary backdrop, say, compared to the US. So against this backdrop, uh, we would advocate investors to fade the strong rally that we have seen in risk assets in recent weeks, and to gradually rebalance into bonds as well as income assets. Um, the combination of you know still strong service sector, but a weakening manufacturing sector, and you know likely continued hawkishness for central banks, are expected to be headwinds for corporate earnings as well as valuations. Thanks, Audrey. And uh, yeah, I think that given where yields are going, you know, income uh, investors certainly appear to be facing an interesting opportunity. But what about gold? I mean, this is something we've discussed in the past as as an asset class that could benefit if bond yields eventually move lower. Uh, We've got a bit of a pullback. Do you see this as a buying opportunity? Well, you're right. So um, when we first when we first looked at gold in the beginning of the year, we have pointed out that uh, well, gold, gold first of all, gold has started quite strongly in January, and we have pointed out that it appeared quite overbought at that time, and some consolidation is likely with nineteen fifty being quite a key strong level of resistance. So that call worked out uh, pretty much in our favor, and gold has been trending downwards after testing the nineteen fifty levels. Um, in our mind, the recent weaknesses have been driven by a few factors. Uh, first is we've seen a rebound in real use as well as uh, uh, in recent weeks, uh, US dollar as well. And second of all, uh, we're also seeing some receding in terms of Chinese New Year demand for gold and also record prices weighing down on retail gold purchases. And last but not least, um, ETF flows have also started turning negative once again. 
So if we look at gold today, um, they have basically just broke below a strong support level at 1840. And the next support basically lies around 1810, followed by 1780. So from an investment perspective, uh, we would gradually add exposure back to gold, uh, especially for those who are uninvested uh, from a portfolio perspective, given that uh, gold today is starting to look a little oversold. Okay, thanks, Audrey. Um, now let's get a little bit more specific. I think there are two topics out there I wanted to, to get your thoughts on. Uh, the first is in Europe. So we've got the ongoing earnings season. Um, Europe's a market that, that has done uh, you know, a little bit better than many in the market were expecting. What's your read from the ongoing earnings season in Europe? Um, so if we look at Europe stock 600 companies, um, approximately half of them have reported earnings. And the results, uh, to your point, have been quite encouraging so far. So 62% of the companies have de- delivered earnings above expectation. And the earnings surprise averaged around 7.6%. And that compares with a historical average of around you know, 53% of companies uh, that tend to beat expectations. So if you look at Q4 2020, um, consensus is expecting to see an earnings growth of about 11%, which is lower than the 14.5% growth expected at the start of the year, uh, but still better than the trough expectations of around 7% on 31st of January this year. And excluding the energy sector, the stock 600 is still expected to see growth of around 5.3% for 4Q 2022. So alongside with a milder than expected winter, uh, the earnings season has in fact been quite a supportive tailwind for European equities so far. Um, but having said that, we remain rather cautious from a 6 to 12 months horizon, given that a higher interest rate will become more restrictive on growth in Europe going forward. And our preferred sectors in Europe are energy as well as financials, which is where we prefer to play within Europe itself. And encouragingly, if we look at uh, both sectors, right, they have delivered two of the top three earnings surprise across all sectors. And we expect these two sectors to continue to outperform the broader market over the next six to 12 months. Okay, and finally, uh, just moving over to Japan, uh, we've got a new Bank of Japan governor and the questions over yield curve control don't seem to go away. I mean, in your view, is yield curve control policy on its last legs or could this extend? And, and for a dollar yen investor, what, what does that mean? Well, the appointment of the BOJ governor has been uh, closely tracked by the market due to its implications for BOJ ultra-accommodative monetary policy. And earlier this week, uh, the Japan government basically announced its nomination of Kazuo Yude as the new BOJ governor. And his nomination still needs to be approved by both houses of parliament, which are controlled by the ruling coalition. So the initial reaction to his appointment has been a decline seen in, seen in US dollar yen, which basically implied that markets uh, expect his nomination to, you know, to like this new governor to lightly normalize monetary policy relatively quickly. And in fact, if we look at BOJ's massive bond purchases under the uh, U-curve control policy, um, that is also running into practical challenges over its ability to source new bonds to purchase. Um, as a result of that, uh, we believe that a modification in the U-curve control policy to widen the U-band or even an outright end to its policy is likely. Uh, but Yudin's um, uh, subsequent statement uh, where he basically said that an accommodative policy as appropriate basically tempered markets' expectation of an imminent policy readjustment. Um, as a result, we now believe that any major changes in policy is unlikely until at least the August policy meeting. And we continue to see 
as a key resistance for US dollar yen. And the US dollar yen to likely trade between 128 to 132 in the meantime. Okay, thanks very much, Audrey. I think that was a, a definitely an interesting discussion. So if I can sum up the key investment takeaways, um, one is clearly from what we're seeing in terms of readjustment of central bank expectations, uh, some interesting opportunities being created uh, for income investors with the rise in bond yields. That's one. Uh, second, of course, in gold, uh, you know, at least if, for those who, who are still sort of looking to build exposure as a portfolio diversifier, the recent pullback might be offering such an opportunity. And third, of course, in dollar yen, where any move towards one third, the key resistance just above 135, good, great opportunities to, to put sort of more range bound trades in place. So thank you again. Uh, thanks, Audrey, for, for giving us those insights. And thank you, listeners, of course, for joining us today. Uh, as always, we hope you found these insights useful. Uh, but we'll sort of pause this week's podcast here. Thanks very much. And we wish you a great week ahead. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights. 